You know what I love? Stories about fathers and sons. I, I think it's really important, actually, that we bring together the father and son dynamic because a lot of it has been really lost over the past um, 50 years or so. Yeah. One thing that you need to know about Ponzi Scream is that we love family. Yeah, I'm uh, as as everyone knows, I am um, part. Uh, I am part of the family as uh, the as the son of a father. Yeah, <laughs> yes, uh, yeah, yeah. Families, family first. That's what I'm trying to get well, at. Today we've got a a heartwarming story about a family, about more specifically a father and a son. Yes, and uh, this one, my friends, comes from the New York Times, and it's uh, entitled "With One Crime." An ex-congressman damaged two families. <laughs> oh, man. Two families, one crime. So this comes from January 24th, 2020. Uh, Cameron Collins stood in the same courtroom that his father had six days earlier, following his father's example, even to a ruinous end. Oh, oh no. What are you... T- <laughs> what, how could you, Cameron? <laughs> Cameron, Collin- Cameron Collins and his father, Chris. Yeah, yeah. Both, both security guards. This story. This is their story. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> his father, Chris Collins, a former Republican congressman from New York, had risen to prominence after becoming the first member of Congress. Oh, wow. And this is really important. Mm-hmm, he mm-hmm. was the first member of Congress to back Donald J. Trump's bid for president. So this was, this no. is this was a guy who no. was like, okay, this Google thing, I'm getting on board in 1996, you know, before yeah. before their IPO he's, or whatever. He's like Donald Donald Trump has has sons, I have a son. I'm I'm in with this. I yeah. feel I feel the vi- I fuck with the vision. Early family values adopter yeah. of uh, Donald Trump. Well, you know, I mean, he is from New York and uh, Donald's from New York as well. So it's a hometown boy um, done right. It's really good. it's really not that surprising. I mean, yes, this Collins guy, I believe his district is, is they said it was split between Rochester and Buffalo. Oh, so yeah. it's like this is like a Western New York situation, not anywhere near New York City. But like, yeah, dude, that's that's the funniest shit about New York, poli- New York state politics is like these this guy. There are many versions of this guy. All right. Like, boy, oh, boy, mm-hmm. he is not a anomaly. So the elder Mr. Collins was forced to resign from office last year after being indicted in an insider trading conspiracy that eventually led to a guilty plea and his sentencing last week to 26 months in prison. Danny, That's- according to your calculations, how long is 26 months in, in years? Well, David, let me just pull <laughs> off my uh, brain cap here. Uh, 26 months, that would be two years and two months. Whoa. That's right. He is as old as... I don't know, like that one category of like infant wear, you know, like he's graduated from eight to 12 months to <laughs> 16 to 24 ish months. You I, know? That metaphor would have been so much better if you had had the category by name down. Yeah. So helpful. You'd be like, yeah, he's as old as that one kind of baby. Yeah. He's, you know, he's, a, he's, a, he's a medium baby. Yeah. He's absolutely not a toddler for sure. Not a toddler, but definitely like not a little, not yeah, a little, win, little itty baby. You like know? he's starting to show some, uh, some cat, some cat. Calves, yeah, chub, chubby calves for sure. Sure, sure. Yeah, terrible yeah. twos. Mm-hmm. Some some thick muscles on that baby. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in Roger Rabbit, he'd be ready to uh, start chomping on a cigar. Yeah. <laughs> so what happened in this yes, story? Why are they getting Why are they getting this whole thing? What okay. Well, uh, insider trading. I mean, I think you've heard of it before. It's one of those things that uh, that are America's favorite uh, cook. She Martha. got caught for that. 
Dude, you OG know? Martha, yeah. almost out of the, honestly, almost out of the zeitgeist. Like, there are many Zoomers out there who are like, what do you mean Martha Stewart did the, something? Who is Martha can Stewart? I ha- can I have a Martha? Yeah, no yeah, one yeah, knows. Yeah, no nobody knows, knows that. Yeah, a yeah. lot of people don't. Well, I feel like uh, Snoop Dogg breathed, breathed a little bit of new life into her he career. Did. Dude, I forgot blazed, about that. He blazed a new life into her. You gotta, you gotta have a weed metaphor when you're talking about if Mar- Martha Stewart is the uh, George W. Bush to Snoop Dogg's uh, Ellen. Yo. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Rehab. Dude, reversed, back, though. Dude. Reversed, because Ellen breathed life back into George W. Bush. Snoop Dogg breathing life Snoop back Dogg into is Martha Ellen Stewart. In this, in this analogy. Correct. Yes. Right. Yeah. Right, right, right. And in all analogies, frankly. Yeah. They're basically the same person. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but the true extent of the disgraced lawmaker's downfall was perversely worse. The criminal conspiracy also swept up Cameron Collins and his future father-in-law. At his son's sen- sentencing last week, Chris Collins, 69, begged <laughs> the judge. <laughs> he begged the judge to show his son mercy, placing the blame for his son's role on, in the scheme on himself. Mercy? I thought someone's name was Cameron. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> <Sorry>. Oh, mercy. <laughs> he was the one, prosecutors say, who called his son in summer 2017, and based on an insider tip, encouraged him to sell his shares in an Australian drug company. Uh-oh. Boy, might you got to take our druggies out of your, <laughs> out of your, out of your sock portfolio. <laughs> well, you know, the thing, once you know that something's going, going south with your company, how yeah. could you keep your money in? Yeah, you, you, know, ha- you legally have to. I, I understand that, that you have to. <laughs> but it's, it's almost like saying, hey, there's a wall and you're you're driving a car. It's going 70 miles an hour. There's a wall. You can't see mm-hmm. it. And you've got a baby in the back seat mm-hmm. uh, in yeah. a in a baby seat, but can't not Cameron wearing back. A, yeah. 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 Not wearing a belt, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, and what you're not supposed to put the brakes on. I mean, it's. Well, you're yes. supposed to crash and then let the baby fly. It's a two-year-old. It's like you know, twenty-six-month-old baby mm-hmm. fly yeah. cannonball, <laughs> cannonball through the front front seat windshield and just like splat like a overripe tomato. Just vaporize. Yeah. yeah. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. Yes, but in in this analogy, yes, and in this analogy, you uh, get before you're even going seventy miles per hour. You're like. I'm pretty sure there's a wall at the end of this uh, journey of ours, but I don't even give a shit. All right, because I'm going to be going 70 miles per hour, and that's just yeah. going to be—it's just going to be fun. I did, i i don't give a fuck, you know. You're letting <laughs> the good times roll. I see what you're talking about. Yes, yes, yes. Well, so Chris Collins, uh, let's see what he says here. Um, I have destroyed the reputation of our son, the light of my life. <laughs> he said it. Brother. Yeah. Brother, you. <laughs> oh, boy. He goes, the reason he's in this spot is because of me. So t- let's, can, we, can, we, can we skim down to the, um, the, what the, where the wealth came from? Like where 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 did this what is this tell us about this Australian thing like what are the details of the actual great so like, you know some of shit, the wealth know? stemmed from successful businesses that his father had helped manage before being elected to represent New York's 27th Congress district in 2012 Chris Collins was also on the board of Innate 
immunotherapeutics. Can you say that in an Australian accent? A night in immunotherapeutics. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to walk about to innate immunotherapeutics. Innate. Innate immunotherapeutics. Innate immunotherapeutics. Innate immunotherapeutics. Innate immunotherapeutics. Immunotherapeutics. Yeah, the, dude, the first, the prefix for that is a fucking mouthful. That's not a pharmaceutical company. <laughs> <laughs> this is a pharmaceutical immunotherapeutics. A dingo ate my son, Cameron. <laughs> oh, no. A dingo named Greed. <laughs> uh, a company, uh, so Innate Immunotherapeutics is a company that was developing treatment for multiple sclerosis. Mm. Okay. Sclerosis, which is cool. You know, that's what got Richard Pryor, and it would have been cool if they'd actually come up with a solution for that. Oh, 30 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, if I were him, I would have been like, why, instead of investing in this company, why don't I have an ice bucket challenge? <laughs> so, you know what I mean? Like, that's where he went wrong. Hey, what well, I'm going to do here is I'm going to take this bucket of ice and I'm going <laughs> to dump it on my head because it's so uncomfortable. And now, everybody <laughs> take out your iPhone 10s yeah. and videotape it. No, your iPhone eight at this time uh, yeah, yeah. Yes. oh nice yeah yeah <laughs> i like you're going back in time to be historically accurate i'm trying i try i try <laughs> prop, prop is, master danny Fels. I, yeah look the continuity you got to keep it you got to keep it right it's right. a period piece yeah so uh on june 22nd 2017 while attending a picnic on the white house lawn the elder mr collins received an Old email from the company's chief executive an experimental multiple sclerosis drug that innate was developing had failed the cr- the clinical trial, the email said. Chris Collins was shocked. He had spent years promoting the company to his family, friends, and colleagues <laughs> as a promising investment. The news was this sure. Is his own fucking fault. <laughs> yes, yes. He was trying to make fetch a thing. And it, yeah, he did, <laughs> and it didn't work. It yeah, didn't man. work. And he got a lot of people to put a lot of money down on fetch. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the news was sure to send the stocks plummeting. Now imagine he's on a he's a, he's a what he's hanging out with Donald Trump. Yeah, he's on the hand. he's on the lawn. He's got a nice uh, a pet gnat there that he's really excited to try out. You know, mm. and uh, there's a nice um, blanket that uh, has a Scotch tape pattern on it. You know, and it's really beautiful. And then all of a sudden, you know, bzz, bzz. oh oh hey guys, uh, one second, let me just. Oh no, you know that's 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 first terrible. Thing he does yeah, yeah, he gets this bad news. What's the first thing you do like? Whenever first thing I do whenever I get bad news is I call Cameron Collins. Yeah, I yeah. call my son. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he he is America's son. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. all our sons. Mr. Collins called his son, who owned more than five million innate shares. Whoa! I was not expecting millions. <laughs> Most of it bought by his father. Daddy, oh, Daddy knows best, baby. Oh, there we go. Uh, wait. So why is his father, uh, you know, concealing all of his own? investments in his son's portfolio dude uh, yeah i yeah continue you know in the six minute call that's all it took uh chris collins told his son that he should try to sell the shares before the trial results became public oh yeah this is dude you know what this is i just had the most i had the perfect synthesis this is the perfect analogy and the through line between both Trump and his family's like existence and and history and um 
Hunter and Joe Biden's in family <laughs> history because yeah. it's 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 got the both elements of it because on one hand you have some New York New York dipshit who's like yo you gotta buy this pharmaceutical company from you know like or whatever uh, doing illegal weird shit on that end and then on the other hand you have a father-son relationship where the son is just innately benefiting from this weird, you know, yeah. fatherly thing. Dude, Hunter stumbles out of Archibald's strip club yeah. on a, a crack cocaine bender. He goes into Respect. rehab mm-hmm. or whatever, you know, he has a couple of V8s, he sleeps it off, <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, then, and then he opens up his email on his BlackBerry uh, that he hasn't looked at for three weeks because he's been on a bender, and bing! There is a uh, a message from a Ukrainian uh, petrol oligarch who says, "Hey, come work for me, buddy." You have a job now that you didn't apply for. <laughs> yeah, this is this is like honestly, it, it's almost it's very satisfying because it truly is kind of like what would happen in a perfect world where like both of these separate parties actually get persecuted. <laughs> so this is where it actually gets really good, Danny. This oh, is great. Ooh, okay, so yeah. uh, so. Um, he should he should have said no from the beginning. A lawyer for Cameron Collins told Judge Broderick on Thursday he should have stood up to his father, <laughs> just like Luke stood up to, to Darth. You know, I'm sending this to my dad right now. Tell him I'm yeah. not coming home for Thanksgiving. I'm yeah. drawing a line in the sand. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but Mr. Collins was shaken by how distraught his father's father sounded and wanted to make him feel better. Aww. He was my yeah. hero. Mr. Collins said in court on Thursday, his voice breaking through tears. He always seemed to do the right thing, and I always trusted him. After getting the call from his father, Cameron Collins was torn by for another reason. He knew that he would soon be proposing to Miss Zarsky and that he had information that could help her parents. They were both shareholders because of his encouragement. This is, this is the thing, man. This is the a dumbest tangled shit. web we weave. <laughs> dads, dad, dads and wives, man. They're just the yeah. two big, most oppressive forces in the world. Because he could have probably know? gotten his own money out and gotten away yeah, with it. Yeah, probably. But he now is telling uh, Zarsky's father mm-hmm. about the deal. And the more people you let on in the secret, the harder it is. It's kind of like the Lufthansa mm-hmm. uh, heist in Goodfellas. Like, yeah. you, you know, the more people that know, you do. the easier it's going to be that this thing's going to unravel. Yeah. Like, oh, I, as, mo- as with most schemes, you know? Yes. They can't, they, they fucking, it's, it, I mean, they're just like little children with their, like, with their faces covered in chocolate. Like, like I didn't eat the chocolate. <laughs> like, it's, it, it, like, they can't, they can't help themselves. So, uh, Miss Zarsky's father, Stephen, had put, most of his retirement savings into innate shares, according to a court filing. Wait, this guy takes all of his retirement fund and does like, like breaks rule number one of all investing, which is don't have like a consolidated portfolio. Like, like he took it, he took it all and put it on red and was like, yeah, this will be fine. Also, have you ever given a, a dealer money for drugs uh, prematurely when the drugs weren't there? He's like, I'll be back. Trust me. Yeah. 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 It's like, what are you doing? They never Do- come back. Yeah. 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 You can't do that. That's no. not the right thing. You got to see the drugs first. Uh huh. I need to see weird fake yeah. looking drugs. <laughs> <laughs> I need to see your innate 
immunotherapy uh, pills and supplements right now. Put them on the table. Put them on the table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah I mean, th- th- this company very well easily could be like an Elizabeth Holmes type company. Like, you just have no. Dude, it doesn't even. That's the funny part. It doesn't even have the glitz and the glamour of like, we're going to solve all of the problems that have ever existed <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to medical diagnosis. It's, it's just, you know. It's certainly going to solve all the problems that like Cameron Collins has with his father in law. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Cameron Collins said that he feared uh, what would happen to his relationship with Miss Zarinsky. Miss Zarsky, sorry, if her parents uh, lost their money. Yeah, he'd be up Shit's Creek, man. Uh, he decided to tell them about the failed drug trial. He let them start selling their shares first and agreed to stagger his own selling to avoid depressing the stock price before everyone else sold. The tip spread quickly from there. Cameron Collins shared it with a friend. Miss Zarsky's father told his brother and another friend, ugh, these snitches. Dude, these people, their their lives are so fucking petulant and stupid. It's just like, buddy, what do you do? Stop it. <laughs> Don't you realize what is going to happen? You're gonna fuck you're gonna fuck this up. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, many of those involved were able to sell their shares before the trial results became public. And eight shares dropped 92% after that. Whoa. Wow. They, uh, it, it appeared like they got away with it clean. Mr. Collins avoided losing uh, $571,000 as a result of his father's tip. His uh, He owned such a large chunk of an eight shares that he had to unload them in dozens of trades over several days. Ooh. So now yeah. he's chilling. He's fine. He's relaxed. He's, fine. he's chilling. He's cool. You know, his he's heart nice rate's gone like back down to normal. And then months later, when FBI agents knocked uh, on their doors, Chris and Cameron Collins both lied to them. It was a coordinated effort to cover up their crimes, prosecutors said. FBI shows up. Don't say shit. Don't say shit. Just don't mm-hmm. say shit. Yeah. Right. If they'd just been like, who? Everything would have been fine. But someone always cracks. That's why you have to kill everyone else in the conspiracy. <laughs> you have with to you. murder violently, right? Everybody, man. yeah, it's yeah. You, you gotta like a res- reason Epstein's not here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, reservoir dogs, that shit. Yeah. <laughs> 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 gotta cut off some ears. Uh, yeah, no, uh, yeah. One of their fucking dumb lackeys was too busy eating, like you know, was covered in sauce at the local wingery, and then. Uh, was like, oh my god, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And then the FBI was like, boom, we got him. Yeah, once we get one person, the whole pyramid topples. Yeah. Uh, prosecutors said that the illegal trades had been motivated by greed. <laughs> yeah, they had been motivated by passion. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and well, you know, it's just this guy was fearing. I think it was a little bit of lust. Like, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Her name is Zarsky. She's got to be hot. The like you thrill. know, like come on, her last name is Z- that's a hot girl name. Zarsky, um, you know if her name is like Chelsea Zarsky, it's not even Chelsea, like like mm, Emily Zarsky, Emily's Emma Zarsky, Emma Zarsky is gonna be hot. You know what? That Emma, is. she's got money and she's hot. She's thick and from Scarsdale. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That is a very East Coast sort of vibe name. That is not a West Coast name. You're no. not gonna you, you, like that's a, I went to a very privileged summer camp. Yeah, dude. yeah, like I rode on I rode the horses. Well, you know? you know, if this story didn't end badly for everyone, it would have sounded like a zany rom-com. Sure. You yeah, know? <laughs> because it really is like a uh, conspiracy and a, a criminal scheme mm-hmm. that is uh, with, with the, one of the linchpins in it being romance. Yeah. yeah, I mean, oh. he's just trying to keep his family together. It, it's it's, it's not even like romance. It's just sort of like it's it's really it's like petty. No, it's not petty. It is just misplaced, like, 
care or like worry essentially because i mean again these guys are people they're just dumb they're just fucking dumb it's like you can't do what you're it's like you're you're doing what you can't do it would just unload all of your stocks at once because it's obvious what's going to happen you know if mm-hmm. you were just smart about it that's right but they did give them the drama uh there there is a drama behind each one of their actions like you i can understand why they did it yeah it, oh yeah sure it's sure. just you know it's gonna end poorly yeah which is what you're saying like they are dumb yeah they're they're it's like dumb it's dumb new york shithead <laughs> stuff you know it is such dumb that's something people stuff. should understand if you don't live in new york city or new york state is that i think people do look at New York, and they immediately think of New York City, which is fair. I think it's something like four out of ten people in New York State, maybe a little bit more, live live here. But people forget that there is a whole many portions of New York, mm-hmm. and imagine the same kind of like New Yorky attitude, but like not in Brooklyn or Manhattan or the like this area. Totally. Imagine that in the fucking middle of nowhere, but still that weird kind of like kind of arrogance. It's bizarre so uh let's see what happens next um the how much did the how much did the little boy get how much did cameron get what, what, what was his sentence didn't he get i gotta scroll down it looks We're like for there. me look, I, I see he got no prison time and got four years probation Is that oh right? my god he didn't even get prison time a lot of community service yeah yeah that's that's the funny like the younger mr collins also yeah so zarsky got Zarsky was banned from practicing practicing as an accountant. Oh no! Years. Yeah, <laughs> and then she, and then her dad and Mr. Collins both got four years probation, and he was crying. And These they're people. still gonna get married. Aww. Oh, that's so nice. There's no one other than Cameron who I'd rather spend my life with. Miss Zarsky said, wrote a letter to the judge. So I look forward to the day when I can finally call him my dearly beloved husband. I pray that day will be soon. Yo, I want to know. Like what their like wedding website is like. And oh, it's it, dumb as shit. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> oh, it is. I as wish a- that he was in jail at least for a couple of weeks so that we could have an episode of Love After Lockup. Yeah, with a white collar criminal. Dude, I mean, that's and that's sweet. the thing. The fucking sixty-nine-year-old, yeah. uh, like uh, congressperson to New York, the dad. I mean, yeah, he's getting twenty-six months. Uh, there's no way he's going to like fucking Rikers or whatever. He's going to like a white collar prison, certainly. And yeah. it, and then he'll be 71 when he gets out. Like, it's not like you're going to the fucking jail for the rest of your life. I mean, meanwhile, it's like you're, you're a brown kid who accidentally, who like puts up a tag in the Bronx because you're, you know, creatively trying to express yourself and they're like because they yeah. don't have art classes anymore yeah and, the, and they're <laughs> like yeah we better make sure we put him in jail for 10 years you know i, mean, <laughs> like, I, mean, I think that, that does that's an important thing to remember it's like what is the crime in insider trading mm-hmm. right like the crime is that you have access to this information that other people don't and information is if you are an investor you they're like required disclosures and these disclosures affect whether you're what you're going to do with your money, whether you're going to put in more, whether you're going to take out, whether you're going to do anything about it as a shareholder. And so, like, if you in the, the people think that it's it sounds like a victimless crime in some ways, you know? Yeah, there's sure, no, there's sure. No, there's no blood. There's no actual thievery going on. This is just you telling a little secret to a little homie. Whisper, you know I mean? Whispering secrets. But like, they knew that it was a crime because he had to like slowly withdraw it because he knew that he didn't want to catch the attention of regulators. It's a crime 
because you have information that no one else does, and that's cheating. Yes. And so there's like, yeah, yeah. And, 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 yeah. And like, I mean, that's, what's weird about it is just that how much we think about, you know, like how you know people think the system is rigged, and people think that like there is so much that is cheating going on, but there's like cheating that is allowed and cheating that is just like, oh, this is just too obvious. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And like insider trading is one of those things where this is just too an obvious of a form of cheating, and there are other tools that you can do that it's legal cheating essentially, and this is one form of illegal cheating. Yeah, and, that and that, sense. that's almost even the more embarrassing part is, is like, bro, your entire industry is legally cheating and it's humiliating, and, and it's and and you were like the one of the percentage to people who were too dumb to illegally cheat is <laughs> like there's you could have, I'm sure you could have fucking figured this out in some way, but you couldn't. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It's so fu- It's so stupid. It's so dumb. It reminds me a little bit of the Bernie Madoff movie with Robert De Niro too, because we Bernie, have to watch that. Yeah, Bernie, yeah. Uh, his the the Madoff the he bad got Bernie. a lot. The bad Bernie. Yeah, Bizarro Bernie. Bizarro Bernie. Yeah, he got a lot of his uh, friends, family friends, to invest in the scheme. So he was just <sighs> burning all of these people close to him too, like his sons, mm-hmm. you know, um, father-in-law and. All these, all these people that like are going to be your support network if you do get caught committing a crime. Yeah, and it's just like, oh, what happens when you're a fucking old man who's like ostracized and estranged yourself from every one of the people who you could potentially be close to you in some way? It's like, oh yeah, it's not, it's not good. Yeah, no one's going to send you a cake with a file in it if you've. Yeah. If you're the reason that they lost their life savings. Yeah, Ponzi schemes are hilarious because they uh, David has sent us quite a few examples of Ponzi schemes and they all invariably uh have like the same kind of like t- notes and tastes to them which is like some guy started a Ponzi scheme and then he bought like a a fucking gaudy McMansion and a boat and then it got taken away from him cuz because the people found out he was doing a Ponzi scheme. It's just it's incredible it's an incredibly short-sighted crime essentially like you can't underestimate how quickly this shit gets back to you you know yeah i love it yeah so uh, what's next on the list so we're look at this is going to get this is going to get into some crazy shit oh nice so there's this okay so we were talking about shareholders a second ago okay so shareholders every year vote on things they some of them are like big like you vote on who's going to control the company you're going to vote on who's going to be the board of directors like if you, you know, and then, or you're going to vote on who is going to, whether, you know, th- then you can do anything actually. A shareholder has stakes in a company and you can technically raise any issue you want to. Yeah. It's actually a thing I think. So for context, I think you, David, you're talking about like publicly traded companies. It's a publicly traded company. You know, yeah, yeah. which is, uh, I think sometimes this, this thing will kind of sometimes get brought up in movies in a kind of goofy hackneyed way where there will be a shareholder meeting in like a big auditorium or something like that. Yeah. And some guy will be like, well, I bought one share of your stock today. So yeah. I am a shareholder and right. I'm here to air my grievances. That's and, 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 yeah. And every, everyone has that right. And that's like a weird thing about publicly traded companies. They actually do have some like democratic procedures in them. Mm-hmm. You think of like, oh my God, Apple, you know, evil doesn't have any, but you actually, there actually are avenues that you could take in theory. The problem is, is that they have to be voted on and agreed by agreed to by everybody, which is like very, very challenging when people who own shares of the company are also 
controlling the company and like running the company because they're not going to vote for something that's not in their interests, right? If you say like, we want to get rid of Elon Musk and put in Greta Thunberg to be like the head of Tesla, then like you're probably not going to go very far in a proxy shareholder meeting. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's so like, we must get rid of these cars. They are <laughs> destroying our world. I'd, no, yeah. I don't want to get rid of them. Really They're like my to, favorite. I'd, <laughs> yeah. You know what we should do is put Ava Morales as head of Tesla because he definitely just got thrown over because of the lithium. Shit. Yeah, Bolivia. you're totally, right. Totally yeah. like Elon Musk basically like single-handedly overthrew Ava Morales. Anyways, that's a that's a that's for, a that no we'll, whole we'll, we'll uh, get into that. We'll, yeah, yeah, we're not <laughs> going to talk about Ava Morales <laughs> this episode. <laughs> she sounds like uh she sounds like high pitched kind of hushed um um uh, uh, uh Werner, Werner Herzog. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, she's got that. Uh, such. Such a high bounty on such a small package. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, Werner Herzog uh, on helium with uh, a little bit of extra righteous indignation. And, yeah. and just his daughter. That's just yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's Werner Herzog's daughter. What are you doing? <laughs> it's yeah, yeah. It's like she's trying to bring it up to eleven, but she like the amplifier is capable of doing it. But Anyways, for context, we we're not making fun of her. We're just talking no, about No, no, no. Greta Thunberg is fine, <laughs> but like she for for real is riding this wave. <laughs> so, back to the back to the subject matter at hand. Basically, there's these two really big firms that basically help out shareholders with these annual votes called proxy votes. That's what they're called. But you're they're you know, annual shareholder votes and you will get somebody to vote in your absence. Sometimes you'll get a proxy to vote in your absence. And then these proxies don't know, know don't know what to do. Sometimes your proxy is going to be your asset manager who's going to be managing your mutual fund that you are, you know, so that they they're, they're going to vote you you know, you have you invest in a mutual fund um and that mutual fund own, owns like gives you 1/400th of a share in Apple because it has a diverse portfolio, right? Yes. Then the, you as a mutual fund asset manager, you are the proxy for the sh- shareholder who owns the mutual fund who in turn owns one four hundredth of Apple. It's Does that little, make sense? It's, it's a little topsy-turvy, but I think, you know, to, to sum that part up, it, people, you can't fit the number of people in an auditorium who probably actually. Yeah. And, and that's just not how investing works. these says everyone owns one one sixty fourth of things people don't own a share anymore there's like it's just too um like decentralized there's no like yeah there's just no like because everything is just kind of commingled is is the common word that's used everything all assets are commingled everyone does funds no one does direct investment it's just not as much of a common thing there aren't enough chris collins is in this world who are direct investors you know what i mean that's yeah who are true american patriots who yeah, invest yeah directly who, are, into a who company. are taking their their stepfather's uh, uh or, or father-in-law's whole fucking retirement fund and just being like i'm all in i'm all, <laughs> I'm all in on australian medicine baby <laughs> uh so the so anyways these asset managers they need to get somebody to consult for them on how to vote these like 400 proxy shares mm-hmm. that they may have. Right, because they, they, they don't know what they're doing. They don't so know they, what they're doing, and, yeah. they, and they're busy running the firm. They're bu- busy running and, you know, skimming off the top and doing whatever fun things that they might do. You know, getting do whatever man- fund management that they have to do. So they are hire these things called proxy advisory firms, okay? Recently, the SEC proposed a rule that would limit the influence of proxy advisory firms through a, a couple, like, weird little procedural things, mm-hmm. okay? And the fun... 
a fun side effect of this, and this has been controversial because basically what it's trying to do is what they want to do is they want to like give more management, more power. And they are saying they're accusing these two proxy advisory firms of like being this like oligopoly, this little cabal that they're trying to like control all publicly traded companies through these things, especially because these two firms, okay, uh, they are really, really into promoting what is called ESG. Environmental, social and governance concerns are playing a bigger role in manager allocations. In a recent Natixis survey, a majority of investors said that a company with higher integrity will outperform its peers. As the popularity of sustainability investing continues to grow, understanding ESG scoring methodology becomes increasingly important. Um, environmental social governance is essentially value-driven investments, like, like morals, ethics-driven investments, okay? This is, um, you know, as Bloombergian as it gets as far as an ethos, right? So, um, like, the, yes. the song that they sing to themselves is We Are the World, the 1985 yeah. yes, yes, uh, yes. hit with every celebrity from that era. They say that as they're, like, doing some, you know, like, as they're, like, voting on a proxy vote. Okay, so in the past, proxy advisory, like, proxy voting has been used for, like, stuff like the anti-apartheid stuff, and it's been very, very big with environmental social governance as a tactic to promote environmental investing with okay. publicly traded companies, or, so or to get publicly traded companies to do more environmental stuff. It's you know ch- trying to change the system from within. So they have a positive, uh, they 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 have a positive agenda. Not according to um, <laughs> a few <No. laughs> a few right wing YouTubers, uh, people who are invested in YouTube. So this new um, story that just came out uh, last week. Uh, YouTube video. Uh, this YouTube video encourages real Americans to urge the SEC to clamp down on proxy advisory f- firms that they say are imposing a liberal agenda on corporate America. Oh, this is how it all ties in. Oh, so okay. there is this yeah. random YouTube video, and this got traction in Bloomberg Law, which is weird. It's just a. It's one YouTube video, yeah, and this yeah. person is like uh, this person, Holly Turner, frequent guest on Fox News. She's with her hu- act- activist, quote unquote, husband, Chris Turner. I mean, who knows what these, who these people actually work for uh, or where they're getting their money? So basically, because of this rule, they are put up this YouTube video, and then Bloomberg Law like recycled this story as well, uh, reposted the story that was urging the SEC to vote against. Um, crackdown on ISS and Glasslos on these proxy advisory firms because what they're doing is they're promoting a liberal agenda, you know, and doing all this sort of stuff. And they're like anti guns and they're pro climate change. Um, and well, they're anti climate. <laughs> they're anti climate change. Yeah, they, fighting climate they, change. They, yeah, they're fighting you. climate change. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, let's just they want to acknowledge it. Yeah, they want to acknowledge <laughs> it. So in that sense, it's pro. But so right now, I'm leaning favorably towards the idea of these two proxy companies. Yeah, I kind of take back what I said before because I didn't know exactly what it was. It's hard to. It's they, they, it's so esoteric. It's like yeah. it's this is like so deep in the fucking weeds that it's really confusing do you um, remember that scene from jurassic park to you guys where there's a bunch of raptors there too that you know we're in the weeds we're in the so, tall grass uh could i could i try to boil it down yeah uh if you own a partial share of a company you're kind of like an american citizen who can vote yeah and then the uh mutual fund managers are like the electoral college that take into account what their shareholders probably want yeah but then actually do cast the vote and then the proxy servers are the political consultants to the electoral college. That's right. Not even electoral college. You could say these are your 
your representative representatives in Congress. Yeah. Your asset, the asset managers are your representatives in Congress, and the proxy advisory firms are lobbyists, essentially. Okay. okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. But it's yeah. the same concept. Yeah. So, but a lot of, but these two in particular are are promoting the liberal agenda, basically. And so there's been all these letters where they're like, oh my god, like everyday Americans, we like. <laughs> I'm sorry, but anyone who actually writes a comment letter to the SEC probably has like a. Like it's a bit of brain worm. Like they have like yeah. some brain. Like unless you're, it, you are, it is your job to be paid to write a comment letter on, for an agency, or you like watched a John Oliver video or whatever. Like people who actually just do it have brain worms. I've read some of these. Like I've read comment letters before <laughs> from just like normal retirees who have nothing better to do but like what? comment on SEC agency <laughs> com just agency gran rules. Grandpa Simpson, a whole room of Grandpa Simpson. It's just all, yeah, it's a whole room. Typewriters. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just like this. These people write these things like I am concerned as a you know like as a retired uh you know like as a t retired um trying to think of a you know like as a retired accountant yeah, i am super yeah, yeah. concerned about this rule that doesn't affect accounting at all we you know it, like, it, like here maybe think about it this way we just as a society became somewhat somewhat familiar and willing to accept the idea of contacting your elected representative in the last like three to four years like there was you know there was lots of pushes from people <laughs> where it's like you guys, sorry, but we gotta start holding our Congress people and senators, uh, you know, to uh, to accountability now. Sorry, we have to do it. And people are kind of like, okay, I will call Chuck Schumer. I will call like this person. It's yeah. not out of the. It's not out of. Um, it's not a crazy idea anymore. Yeah. But the idea of writing a letter to the <laughs> to the SEC is like, it's fuck. next level. Yeah, I want yeah. look. I you know like this is the thing. Is it's that, some like, it's you don't, sicko shit. You know it, it is some sicko shit. And like this is just me trying to be like culturally honest about who these people are. It's not they should not have a monopoly on this democratic process. We should all be commenting on all these rules because they affect all of us one way or another. Mm -hmm. But looking at it objectively, a lot of these people, a lot of these people are just desperate and sad. And it's really <laughs> they're really just weird bumpkin or just like just like culturally bumpkin people. You know what yeah, I mean? Like I'm sure, I'm sure they're wealthy because they have time to like know, you know, educated enough to know how to do this shit. But I mean, like they're just yeah. like what, what I want to see is the movie of the uh, high school teacher, the Dead Poets Society part two. Yeah. Okay. Where you have a manic, uh, like needy, extroverted teacher. Yeah. Who, who lights a fire. <laughs> uh, of inspiration in the minds of all of his teenage students and gets them thirsty for SEC regulations oh, and yeah. bylaws See, and has yeah. them all be the change. Write, uh, write heroic couplets. Yeah. Everything's got to be, you know, soliloquies to the SEC. Oh, my God. Oh, it's Yo, but that would be so fucking bleak if you, like, actually... <laughs> Keep I'm in mind, sorry. David works so... in this industry. Dude, can you imagine, be, like, like, can you imagine actually being, a, a, like, just like a government employee and having to read a sonnet <laughs> as to why the proxy advisory firm rules are bad for the liberal... Like, it in would just be... Elizabethan oh, English. God. It would be Woo! sick, bro. Oh, man. God. I mean, yeah, it would... Oh, God, I... I, I I, I rue the day. Um, yeah. So these these fucking YouTubers, like these, like weird. Put out this video and everyone commented on it. Are voting on behalf of us, the shareholders. And this is great because we don't have time to do it and they know more about it and they can do research and things like that. But uh, recently they've started doing something different. And instead of voting uh, on the issues, shareholder proposals and things like that, 
um, in a way that would give us the best return and it's best for us financially. They've started voting on things that would in help their progressive left agenda. We're seeing abortion, climate change, uh, sanctuary cities, gun control. These are all issues now that these companies are being forced to deal with because these proxy advisory firms are saying, hey, we want to talk about this and you need to give money to this and you need to not support vendors unless they support all these things. And they're really holding these companies hostage. And that, that, that segues into the larger conversation, which is about ESG, which we want to talk about as much as we can tonight. Um, I think that should take up the rest of the show. Yeah, yeah. It's a big topic. It's a, it's a, there's a lot to say about it. ESG, as we said, is called, you know, impact investing is also another word for it. But basically the idea is that you try to steer either your fund, your mutual fund, or your direct ownership, and you use that to try and invest in more whatever second bottom line besides profit. Money, profit. Yeah. Okay? The second bottom line can be environments, can be labor rights, it can be abortion it can be out you know anti-alcohol it can be pro-life it can be any issue that you deem important but for our purposes the most important one is climate change these days yeah. climate change is the paramount of um you know kind of like use of this today um and the weird thing that happened recently was there is um this this firm called BlackRock, which doesn't sound ominous at all. No, it is no, no. The, it sounds very, very non-evil. Yeah, it sounds super chill. Yeah. So, look, um, BlackRock is the largest private asset manager in the country, um, and they put out a letter um, that said that they, they – for years they've been getting pressure because there have been asset, you know, asset managers, people who control people's money yeah. right, as an asset it, who have been, we're going to incorporate ESG. We're going to incorporate climate change in terms of like how we're going to think about insurance, how we're going to think about real estates, and yeah. also just like in general as like a, a thing to throw into the mix. This is not saying that they are going to fully divest from car, from you know fossil fuels, but they are going to think about it, which is probably the most milk toast you know kind of. <laughs> I uh, assure <laughs> the, the 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 shareholders that after giving this lots of thought, I will. Maybe consider it someday. Yeah, yeah exactly, yeah. exactly, exactly, exactly. So, look, BlackRock has seven trillion dollars. Jesus, seven trillion dollars. I was not expecting a T. That, that is, <laughs> it's always surprising, dude. That is, that is the United States debt, isn't it? That's like how much we owe. That's like how much we owe China. I mean, that's all the money you need. With that much money, you could build the Moon Hotel. That I've oh, been waiting God. for. Oh, God. Yeah, dude. $7 trillion, I think it's something to the effect like the entire world economy is like $80 trillion or something like that. So that's like – so oh, my God. So this is one guy, Larry Fink, who's the CEO of BlackRock, and he controls – if that's true, he controls close to 10%, 10% of <laughs> all money. Yeah, of – of money. money. Of money. Of <laughs> yeah. value. Like literally like the concept of, of value. value. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right? He controls 10% of global value. Yeah. Um, and so uh, basically there was – he had just been getting pressure from activists, from the media, from other investment firms, from all sorts of people saying we need to start caring about the environments. Um, and – Basically, they're trying to make it a new standard for investing, and it was a big deal. People were like, "Oh my god, this is!" Uh, oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god. Oh. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It was a huge deal because he's like, very, you know, it'd be like, um, you know, if all of a sudden Harvard decided that it was going to have free tuition. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's that sort of like influence, sea change. You yeah. know what I mean? 
um, that could really like make a that, that that people think there'd be a big deal. Some people are skeptical about it, obviously, for obvious reasons. Like the, so the president of Sierra Club was like, "Seems cool. <laughs> let's let's see how it goes." Yeah, I, yeah. I like don't don't just do some like accounting, you know, mumbo jumbo, and like do a lot of um, you know. Talk is cheap is kind of what she was saying. Sure, sure, Which sure. Which is, I think, every, that's like the natural response, right? Yeah, she said, seems cool, and then proceeded to have several eagles land on her as she was t- <laughs> taking a beautiful Ansel Adams-style picture <laughs> of Half Dome. Um, and so, um, I don't know. I mean, like, is this a good thing? I, I guess, let's, 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 let's talk about that for, for, for a short period of time. Like, do you guys think that this letter is a good thing? That him pledging this. I mean, I think I'm uh, okay. What I would say uh, is, I think I'm very much like uh, Eagle Lady from the Sierra Club. Uh, yeah. Uh, because I very much look at these kind of things um, as not really serving the ultimate purpose that they're sort of implying. You know, I I was going to mention this earlier, but I think it uh, plays in very aptly right now david this all kind of this shit kind of reminds me of like what a b corporation is yeah it's 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 exact and so he will also be doing having like sustainable investments in like in addition to like incorporating esg as like a principle into all parts of blackrock he will also like expand the number of funds that exclusively invest in B Corps. Yeah. Oh, in, in environmental B Corps specifically. Yeah, yeah. And for 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 context, I What's don't have a ha- B Corp again. Exactly. Yeah. So a, a B corporation is like so you've we've all maybe we haven't. There's such a thing as like an S Corp, uh, which is just like a corporation under like tax code, if I'm it's it's it may, honestly. I, I've looked into it very slightly. You know, you have sole proprietors, LLCs, shit like that, all right. You have like an S corp, which is like a corporation. You have like, I think it means you have like board members and what have you. So B corp is basically just a corporation, but the intention behind it is not purely capitalistic in the sense that like we need to make as much money as possible. Yeah, I mean, th- th- these are you know? this is like the Tom's shoes. Like Tom's yes, shoes is Tom's a classic. Tom's shoes is an excellent example. It's because they they also part of their business model is also building shoes and giving it to poor nations. When people ask me what a B Corporation is, I tell them it's a company that has subjected itself to an independent assessment of its impact in the world on communities, on people, and on the environment. Yeah, and like, and, but and those like people just, don't even need the shoes, though. They're like, we've got enough shoes. Yeah. And also, you're like totally ruining s- small shoe owners. Yeah, and, 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 and they're, they're in cynical. Therein uh, lies the problem, essentially, which is my thing, which is like, hearing him say or hearing david say that oh this is upwards of seven trillion dollars in value and wealth like yeah that that is such a big number that even if they were like okay only 90 percent of what we're doing is going to say the exact same but 10 percent of it will divest into like whatever these more environmentally you know sustainable things are like that's $700 Seven hundred billion dollars. Yeah, absolutely. So it, it, it's like yeah. it's the from a pay- harm reduction perspective, it's all very good. It's all it's all very good, but again, it would be way more chill and cool if it was just like, yeah, we're gonna do it by half, or we're all we're just gonna not be focused on profit essentially. Well, I wonder what uh, wh- who it is that sets up the metric by which something is judged as ESG. That is, is a 
You know, like if I say, hey, I'm going to be healthier, I'm eating right, and no one's monitoring me, like there's no no nutritionist there, there's no doctor, and and you don't even see me eat. But I'm, I tell you guys, I'm going to be eating better. Babe, I need to see you eat. Right. What, what, what does that mean? That I've gone from eating McDoubles at McDonald's to just eating chicken McNuggets? Because like chicken's yeah. healthier than uh, whatever they call meat. Yeah, yeah. So Or beef. That is like that. That, that is um, so. People are worried that there's going to be fakers, right? About like they're going to lie about how Liars green they are, and and or they're going to be like, yeah, they're gonna be, like misrepresenting. And you know, as we were saying earlier, like disclosure is a, a legal obligation of an investment fund. So if you, so the SEC recently has been looking into whether people are fully disclosing and being honest about how ESG they are. Or they said basically – this story came out of the Wall Street Journal in late December um, or mid-December that said uh, ESG funds draw SEC scrutiny. And basically the, the worry is we, – we, they don't really know what they're looking into. But presumably they're looking into if you say you're e- investing in ESG, um, are you? Yeah. If you say you're investing in ESG, are you – uh, investing in ESG to the detriment of maximum maximizing returns. Because look, I mean, yes, we can say like we want them to like get rid of the profit motive, but this is BlackRock is like you know I would say a huge percentage of people's retirement funds are in BlackRock owned funds. So like you have to be a little bit careful about being like okay, well they still have a job to make sure that retirees can retire well. They have so a have, fiduciary responsibility. That's right. They do have a fiduciary responsibility. So yeah, the problem is this shit essentially. I mean. Not to throw a buzzword around that is very popular today, but is very accurate. Is like this just seems to be the absolute pinnacle of like neoliberal, neoliberal, like you know, uh, economic policy. Is like we're going to, to make sure that this is friendly and fun for the environment. Yeah, um, and therein lies the problem. Where it's like you're not. It, it's not meaningful. It's not meaningful change. I mean, I think there's been several uh, studies and like, you know, this is a little it's not this isn't unfounded what I'm saying. But there are many, (laughs) many scientists have said, like, if everybody stopped driving cars tomorrow, no more cars were ever driven. It like the environment would still be like irreparably damaged for like decades essentially yeah so if you're doing an esg thing where your specific purpose is like we want to help the environment a little bit it's one of those things where unless that number is like 20 30 40 50 percent you know uh of your divestment we need people to be ramping it up yeah it's like to what end is it yeah no i completely agree and so like i mean the, the the weird thing is is that They've been look the SEC's LA branch like sent out these exam letters saying that they were going to start looking into this ESG. The question is, is like if someone's committing this lack of disclosure to that, that's called greenwashing, right? You guys are maybe have heard of that. Where like Clorox <laughs> says that their wipes are clean, r- organic, but they're not, or whatever. You know what I mean? Like it's that, a form of uh, of advertising gaslighting us with advertising that makes things sound like uh, <laughs> yeah. using buzzwords like yeah. organic, sustainable, clean when it's not. Yeah, exactly. It's, so, it's, th- so you, this the same clean thing, coal. So the same thing applies for funds for investing. And but the question is, is how much does that actually play into a company's fiduciary duty if the company advertises itself as? an ESG fund. If you and I are investing in an ESG fund, the common logic is we want to invest in environmental social governance, whatever the mission of the company is. So if they are violating that mission, 
is that a violation of the fiduciary duty? Or is that just so long sucks to suck, man? You know, because they're, they're, they're <laughs> like, they're, because there's no, there, there is no definition of ESG in yeah. anywhere in the law. It's just about whether you're being honest about what you're saying it is. Yeah. That's the only thing you can't lie to people. But you set up the goalpost and you got to follow through with it. Yeah. If that but makes you, sense. But the goalpost then has to be things that are uh, obtainable or re- or are measurable. Yes. To a degree where because if you just like I said, if it's if you just say, well, it's clean, we don't even know what that means. Or like you could be like, dude, we're totally detoxing our mutual funds. <laughs> but you could, but like at the same time yeah. though, is that like if you say it as vague as possible, then you actually owe less to these people because you could say that anything is detoxing and then like you can argue that you weren't being but if you were more specific and said we are going to only invest in wind and you invest 10 percent in solar then like you were that's actually more of a lie than uh-huh. if you said something that w- was like you just said that's all the sec cares about is that whether you're saying what you're saying is true yeah and so there's a good thing about like the good thing about it is you think like okay this is an agency that cares about Honesty this is an agency that's trying to crack down on hypocritical greenwashing, gaslighting bullshit, right? But this is the Trump administration's SEC. Yeah, okay? I was gonna say, <laughs> doesn't this all sort of fall apart? <laughs> this is the Trump, and so like there is there is reasonable scrutiny. They're like, okay, ESG has grown explosively in the financial sector. It is now, from when I talk to somebody, it is now um, like twenty five percent of all investments in funds have some sort of ESG option in them. Whereas like beginning of last decade, it was like one twelfth or something much smaller. You know what I mean? Like one one hundredth. I mean, it's just like, it was, it was was so minuscule and now this is becoming mainstream. And so they're like, okay, so they care about it. Care about fraud. Care about all of us. We care about fraud. Come on. But So then there was this Trump administration executive order that makes you kind of question whether they're actually being, the way they actually care about you. So there's this executive order called promoting and infra- is from last April promoting energy infrastructure and economic growth. The whole thing is talking about how they want to pr- expand coal, oil, and natural gas. Section five of this executive order, like way down in the executive order, for some reason talks about environmental, social, and governance issues. Okay, ESGs. So he so th- so he says um, he. I, I just you just imagine that Trump is saying it right, but like. Basically, what what this executive order says is that it that ESG is not material for a fiduciary duty of a retire of like um, a Department of Labor fiduciary duty in a retirement plan. They clarify in the middle. Does that make sense? I think I do get that. I think I get that. Yeah. So say it one more time. They are saying that um, if you have a retirement plan that is registered under the uh, that is regulated by the department of labor. Okay. So those retirement plans, um, the, the definition of fiduciary duty is different under those than under other investment under other like sec regulated entities. Okay. The department of labor retirement plans, their definition of fiduciary duty explicitly per this trumpet, uh, executive order, or he's going to like implement a rule that promulgates this or whatever, but like saying that, ESG factors do not mean fiduciary duty explicitly. So there's no ESG for federal employees' retirement funds. Not sorry, it's 
complicated. It's not that. It is that um, there is a body of law that regulate all retirement plans for all Americans. Oh, okay. Because so this even is even wider. Yeah. Even wider. Even wider than just like all government employees. This is um, the Department of Labor has this law called ERISA, Employee Retirement Income Security Act. So any, anything that is a re- regulate any fund that is regulated by the laws of ERISA, which is a huge swath of retirement funds. A lot of Americans, regular motherfuckers, have their money in retirement plans. Yes. The Depart- The Trump administration is basically saying ESG cannot be a material factor in your fiduciary decisions. Basically, he's saying that retirees cannot have access to ESG. That, well, that, that, that is the law. That is the short of it. Yeah, yeah. There's a, a short of it. We got, we got plan A. We got plan B. Plan A, you make a lot of money. Plan B, you make a little bit less money, but we don't kill this bald eagle. Yeah, yeah. You got to take plan A because plan B, you can't even consider. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Whereas if you All have a bald non- eagles are, I got good news and bad news. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the good news is that you can afford that ski do. Yeah. The bad news, no more bald no eagles. No more bald eagles. This is such a, I, I, I think I would point this out just to listeners to, you know, when we think of, the executive order in the past four-ish year, three years since Trump has been in office, essentially, has become a, a very hot topic thing. You know, a, a lots of presidents have done executive orders. But I think specifically in the last three-ish years, mm-hmm. because Trump is very much like a monolith and like has tried to impose his will in certain ways, yeah. the, the executive order as a whole has become very, very like seen essentially. So yeah. like the biggest Especially one by the opposition. By the opposition specifically. So the biggest example that I can think of to date being the one where we're going to limit the number of um uh immigration uh from what? Syria? Um Oh the travel ban. The travel ban. The travel ban is like yeah. maybe the best example of that. So yeah. So exactly. so like this executive order, it's like you know that D- Donald Trump had trouble knowing where syria is on a map yeah so it's like like yeah yeah spoiler alert he's kind of a dumb guy you know so when you hear david talk about section five of like paragraph three in this it's like you at you you fucking know (laughs) like beyond a shadow of a doubt that like an assistant to an assistant wrote that like and they're getting paid by the heritage foundation to write these laws oh, like that. oh yeah mean, like, Abs- absolutely yeah. so it's it's one of those things where it's like if you if, if you know if you asked if you were privileged enough to be in like a press you know scrum uh with donald trump and you're like donald trump how do you how do you feel about um the environmental something you know whatever we were just saying yeah like you know, I think it's great, glorious. It's amazing, and I, you know, like he would just he would do that. You know, yeah. He's got a lot, a lot of ghostwriters. There's oh yeah, he has yeah, so yeah, many yeah. ghostwriters, and that's, um, that is important to remember that not only does he do this a lot, but he has a lot of people do this a lot, and he's uh he has no idea, and that that's one one thing that I find really annoying is when executives pretend like they don't know. I hate the I don't know defense because they say it because the average American person doesn't know mm-hmm. and so then when he says i don't know it's like oh of course well i don't know what that is and so he doesn't know what it is that's perfectly reasonable but this man is like the head of the executive branch he knows exactly <laughs> what's going on yeah, yeah you know yeah. what i mean like and he'll do that he'll use his uh stupidity and his intentional obfuscation from the rest of the american public to his own advantage to assert to the press that he doesn't know this thing when he 
very likely does. I would do that all the time. I'd go to movie theaters and I would buy children's tickets uh, <laughs> when I was definitely a full-grown adult. Yeah, uh, with facial hair, and then I would uh, I'd walk past the go- the guy, the ticket holder, and he'd say, "Hey, man, this is a kid's ticket," and I would look at him with a slack jaw and say, "What?" <laughs> and Dave's got a great face on right now. <laughs> he, he would try to explain to me what I did wrong, and I would act befuddled as though I didn't even speak English, not because I wasn't an English first person, but because I had some disability. Yeah, at which point <laughs> nice, dude. He, he would yeah. get very yeah. frustrated and just wave me through. Yeah. Epic, man. Yeah. Dude, Trump I, style. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, so anyway, so the, the thing is, is that <laughs> just <picture laughs> game. What? Yeah. Well, uh, just like, I just like four versus Ferrari, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's how I saw uh, the gray at, <laughs> at the Kaufman Astoria theater up in queens that's yeah what yeah. happened kids tickets yeah that <laughs> you gotta game the system man you know the weird thing is, is that we just don't know we know we know what the the executive order is this executive order is clearly trying to limit these proxy advisory firms these like esg investment people and also just esg the esg movement in general to keep retirement plans which is still a huge sector out of that we know that this that this executive order is trying to do that but like what are these people in la doing what's the sec's office in la doing where they're saying they're going to crack down on esg we don't know dude i i think it's a combination of all these things because like you have donald trump making an executive order or his accountant making an executive order that's yeah. basically like do not save the whales you yeah, know yeah, exactly. that, that, that that is essentially what it is is do not save the whales but like i don't think it's any fucking secret that like even in the few episodes that we've recorded uh, of this like the sec like the financial sector at large are like kind of ungovernable like like <laughs> you can so it's just like you can make as many executive orders you want you can make as many laws as you want and you could just dance around that so we're kind of just at the whim right now of whether or not some fucking board, uh, you know, a, a rainbow co- coalition of people wants to actually save the whales or not when, when we know that they're not activists and not people who are being impacted by the problems, but just like, yeah, do we want to we want to feel good this? Is yeah, we got to do something. We, gotta, we want to do something within the system to make it work. We want to act. We want to be able to do uh, some marginal thing, you know, yeah. I mean, like and 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 and. The financial sector can be regulated, just not b- considering how big it is. I mean, that's the big it's problem. Huge. It's yeah. just like how much it's grown in every single sector, how much the financialization of our economy has made it to the point where the government cannot compete with it. Yeah. That's yeah. the real issue. Yeah, when you brought the, up that uh, this guy Larry Fink is in charge of uh, $7 trillion. Oh, God. Some number. large yeah. number like that. I yeah. mean, that sounds like... That he has more power than almost every uh, national leader in yeah, the like, world. That was more his his letter was did more single handedly to reduce carbon emissions than the Paris Climate Accord. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Like there is there is no doubt in my mind that it did that um, because he is actually controlling so much more. Whereas Paris Climate Accord was just like rough, thin, non binding assurances that they will try to remain below one point five or whatever. Um, 1.5 degrees. And so it's like, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think that that's really the problem when you're looking at trying to navigate the financial sector into some sort of imperative like climate change mm-hmm. um, is like 
you no, all none of so little of this is democratic and when it is it's incredibly challenging to navigate the, the democratic process of like the shareholder proxy vote stuff is just like insane yeah. and challenging and it is also so big that there is so much other crime going on there's so much so many other things in motion and there's so many individual people that have individual completely non-democratic channels control over channels of power mm. dude you, fiefdoms yeah yeah little fiefdoms dude so, i mean like if if we can just paint if we could just paint with the mind palace here just 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 for a moment i mean like real really i i don't know who larry fink is i don't know about his life i don't know anything about this goddamn guy but it i don't think it is really out of question that he could have been you know just hanging out maybe he lives in greenwich connecticut Maybe he he takes the train. Maybe takes the Metro North in, you know, mm. uh, to get into the to, to Lower Manhattan and stuff. Mm. Maybe he's getting back to his home, back in Greenwich, and like you know, uh, his neighbor comes up and he's got the he's got a fucking Tesla three. Ooh, that's kind of cool. And he's like, "Oh, Larry, have you tried one of these things? They got a big old uh, they got a big old screen in the front, you know. Like, I don't know why this guy sounds like he's from Milwaukee, but like that, that's <laughs> that's his neighbor in this case." And then, like, Larry looks at it and goes, like, you know what? I do like Teslas. Yeah. And it just, I don't, I just look at these people and I think we deify them sometimes to be like, yes, they are all knowing. They they clearly have a, a some sort of a, a equation that they're building off of. But, like, truly, if the guy was being pressured by environmental groups for years and stuff about this, Who's to say that like it wasn't just something that arbitrary and that stupid, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. or just like, you know what? I should care about this thing now. I mean, it, when you have that much power, that's how arbitrary that shit is. Absolutely. It could have easily been his neighbor from Milwaukee. Yeah. For yeah. Some reason. Like, there's no way there, there's any is like after consulting with numerous environmental groups and pressure from international uh, asset managers who like. There was this big letter that international asset managers all signed and like notably excluded from it was like all United States asset management firms. Um, This was like (laughs) last year or something like that. And like, you know, obviously BlackRock wasn't a part of that. And he's like, but then like after getting pressure from all these people, I've decided to do this. But really it was just like his, you know, his wife was like, I want a Tesla. The heart. It's yeah. all the heart, baby. It's all feelings. It's yeah. It's, 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 it's all feelings. And uh, in, in that way, it's almost kind of encouraging. <laughs> it's almost kind of encouraging because think about the think about the major things that people have done when they didn't even realize they did or influenced. I mean, <laughs> yeah. like, humanity's greatest flaw is yeah, that yeah. no matter how much logic and reason we use in all of our powers, mm. everything is predicated on the whims of the heart. Yeah, <laughs> what is that? What is that? Uh, that's just me doing you yes. doing Werner. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that was, that was nice. That's a nice thing to oh, say, though. I liked it. Humanity's greatest whims are predicated <laughs> on the heart. <laughs> yes, they are. I do not know what this guy. Uh, yeah. How do you distinguish between Werner Herzog and so, Thunberg? So the way I'm kind of doing is like Werner. I think Werner Herzog. He's you know he's back here. He's more German, obviously. You know. Mm-hmm. And then, and I think uh, uh, Greta Thunberg. She it obviously has a higher voice. Yeah. But she almost sounds like she's trying to scream and can't. Like she's physically yeah, incapable. Yeah. So of true. Her, her, she's a she's her, a reined in, unbroken Mustang. Yeah, yeah. She's more, <laughs> and also you know she's more Scandinavian. She's Swedish, <laughs> yeah. I believe. So yeah. You're you're ruining my 
you're ruining my generation. <laughs> yeah, like, it's really that's good. Yeah, and, yeah. And, like if you listen to the lilt of it, like if you watch my hand, it's like it's it's going down. The oh, way yeah. your voice goes goes down. You're ruining my people. <laughs> like you know, whereas Werner Werner is much more monotone. He does not change. Sometimes he even goes up a little bit. You know, uh, uh, I I think that that's that's a good takeaway. But the <laughs> my, my how is, to do credit to Burke and no, how to I mean, do like, Yeah, song. just how to do these impressions is the really important takeaway from this. <laughs> yeah, 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 uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the only thing that you need to care about. But look, I think I think that what I was saying earlier about like the over financialization of our economy, there is other ways to look at tackling climate change. I think that we should spend another time looking at things like the Green New Deal. Yes, um, that's a whole other, other thing. There yeah. is the, because the thing is, is that I think that. At the end of the day, while they may have been pressured from activists, they may have been pressured from um, the, their neighbor, I think that um, socialists offering a competing economic system yes. wherein they have no power to address these issues, um, to say, like, we are going to take over, we are going to get rid of your power, and we are going to do it ourselves with government intervention, direct government intervention and direct government control. That Love is, I think, big scaring daddy government. Yeah. That, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I think that that is scaring them more. I really do. I think that the, mm-hmm. the fact that you have the bad cop of socialism of a like state run <laughs> yeah. green new deal <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. scare is scaring these people more than anything that activists have been doing. Anything that other investment firms have been doing. This is like, no, no, no! You don't understand. You need to do this, or we will overthrow capitalism. Yeah, Big Daddy socialism is going to piss in your mouth, and you're going to like it. <laughs> yeah. All, all right. Yeah. Don't, I, don't I, you get it? Yeah. And like, there's all these different things that they can say, like, oh, well, it's going to be bad for the economy, but that's not necessarily true. There's like all these like we can no, we can talk no about economy if we're all dead. <laughs> yeah. It's too yeah. hot. There, there are, there are, <laughs> <laughs> I can't go to work today. It's too hot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I can't. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I I think that that's that, that's what's driving more. And we can talk about the Green New Deal another time. And yeah, just, we, we we definitely should. There are a lot. There's some interesting um, new economic theories about how the Green New Deal can work, and that we that we will discuss later. Called modern monetary theory. There's a very predominant way of funding the Green New Deal and a lot of Bernie Sanders economic advisors are actually proponents uh, of modern monetary theory. Yeah. We, will, we will be looking at that. Not this episode, though. No. Sucks I'm Bernie sucks Sanders. Goes. I'm Bernie Sanders. And open up. I'm pissing in your mouth. All right? <laughs> <laughs> open up. You're getting a golden shower. We call this modern Econ- economic monetary mo- monetary. monetary. <laughs> open, open up. Open, open up, up, buttercup. Zip. <laughs> <laughs> And this is this has been Ponzi scream. I think that that's I think there's no other way to wrap up this yeah, episode yeah, yeah. than just that. This, yeah, come back next time. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do it. Uh, all right. Uh, well, thank you all for listening to Ponzi Screen. Please rate, review, and subscribe. Yeah. I, I am uh, David Bradley Eisenberg. And I'm Gabe Pacheco. And I'm going to piss on you. <laughs> Good night. And I'm Danny Phillips. Bye. Bye.